0: Welcome to Irish Exit Everything, my name is Frank and fall or autumn, autumn, I always felt like that was kind of a weird word, autumn, but uh, fall is uh, my favorite season for a lot of different reasons, right? It's harvest season, spooky season, cozy season, pumpkin spice season, right? And October especially just hits different, doesn't it? Halloween aside, I actually really want to focus in on this week and October 11th is Indigenous Peoples Day. Not that other day. I'm not even going to dignify that other day by saying it. Nobody even cares about that day. No, October 11th is Indigenous Peoples Day and October 12th is National Farmers Day and I thought the proximity of these two days was really interesting, Indigenous Peoples Day and National Farmers Day. You know, I like to consider myself a bit of a food activist, um, advocating for more local, sustainable, and regenerative agriculture, and fighting for equitable access to healthy food for all communities, Uh, you know, the world that does actually produce enough food for everyone to eat and eat well. But um, my path, I guess you could call it, uh, started with a simple question. Do you know where your food comes from? And if you're on this path, you can trace your steps back. Well, from the grocery store. Okay, but where was it packaged? In a factory. Okay, but where was it produced? In Iowa or California or Mexico or Peru or wherever, right? And then you ask, how was it grown? Well, it was grown in a giant field covered in pesticides and chemical fertilizers. Um, And that's what brings you to the debate between conventional industrial agriculture that's destroying important ecosystems and alternative sustainable regenerative agriculture that could save ecosystems, uh, which I've talked about before and, and will continue to talk about in the future. But there's another question beyond... What type of farming practices are used on the land? And that question is, whose land are we farming on? And to be blunt, if you live in the U.S. and don't identify as a Native American, it's not your land. Plain and simple, it's Native American land. I'm living on stolen land. My family's living on stolen land. Most Americans are living on stolen land. And non-Native farmers are farming on land that's not theirs. If you want to know who the land belongs to, there's a really good online resource, an indigenous led resource called Native Land Digital Map. Um the URL is nativeland.ca, native-land.ca. Uh there are also apps, I believe, but basically the site will show you where traditional indigenous territories are on the map or where they should be. And it's always changing because it's a continuous collaborative effort with native and non-native contributors which is a pretty cool concept um, and something we should learn from and it's also really interesting to see the overlap of territories because indigenous people don't have the same perception of borders and this idea of ownership of land as white colonizers understand it and if you're someone who's quick to respond with well it's not my fault their land was stolen or even well my ancestors won the land fair and square which is definitely not true Uh, you especially need to listen Um, besides the violent murder and genocide of native americans european colonizers and american settlers made treaties with indigenous people and almost always broke those treaties And we're still breaking treaties to this day. So how fair and square is that? To make a promise that you force onto someone and then break that promise yourself. But again, not our fault, right? You know, indigenous people don't need me to speak for them. They are more than capable of speaking for themselves. And they have been for much longer than I've been around, much longer than this country has been around. But more people who look like me need to listen. Uh, There's a really good TED Talk by Nikki Sanchez on YouTube about decolonization. And she says that the history is not our fault, but it is our responsibility. Obviously, none of us were around when the European imperial powers colonized the Americas or when American settlers pushed west. That's obvious. The history is not our fault. However... Colonization is still very much a present-day issue because non-Native American citizens, predominantly white, are benefiting from the land and resources that were stolen from Indigenous peoples, while Indigenous peoples are still oppressed to this day. About one in three Native Americans live below the poverty line, and it's worse for those living on reservations because they can't even use their own land. The government won't let them because corporations need to make a profit right i mean look at all the pipelines that are built through native land one of them is even ironically called colonial pipeline so if colonization was just a thing of the past like how do you explain that how do you explain using native land for the benefit of non-native people and how do you explain puerto rico or guam or any of the other u.s territories colonization is still very much a present-day issue so decolonization is everyone's responsibility and that's why the land back movement is so important Uh, land back is just one part of decolonization it's a movement that's been around for a long time um, and you can learn more about it at landback.org but it's quite literally about giving indigenous people their land back Uh, their land was stolen from them And when something is stolen from you, you expect it to be returned, right? Prime example is Mount Rushmore and the surrounding Black Hills National Forest. Uh, In 1868, the U.S. government signed a treaty that promised to give the Black Hills to the Lakota Sioux. And by the 1870s, just a few years later, Americans were already pushing into that territory to mine for gold. Like, it didn't even take a long time at all to break that treaty. And to add insult to injury, in the 1920s, Americans started dropping some dynamite on a mountaintop in the Black Hills to construct Mount Rushmore. To this day, there's an ongoing fight to return that land to indigenous people. And honestly, who gives a fuck about Mount Rushmore? Like, it's way past time to give that land back. And on top of the literal demand of giving land back to indigenous people. The land back movement is also about dismantling ideologies and structures that support colonization, like white supremacy, which is an ideology that keeps non-white people oppressed, which we know is something that this country was built on and still benefits from today. White supremacy is not beneficial to anyone really. And Giving land back to indigenous people doesn't mean displacing people from their homes and leaving them stranded. No, the the whole point is to avoid that from happening ever again. That's what white supremacy does. What we need to do to fully understand what the land back movement means for everyone is to have actual conversations with indigenous people and truly hear them. And the future of agriculture really needs to give indigenous people more than just a seat at the table. It needs to be a front seat because indigenous people and indigenous cultures understand the land that they're connected to much better than we as colonizers could ever understand. And then there's actually another layer to this uh, when thinking about borders and land ownership and agriculture When we question whose land are we farming on, we should also be thinking about who is working on the land. And 50% of the farm labor workforce is undocumented immigrant farm workers. Think about that for a second. As much as this country upholds white supremacy, and the America first mentality and telling immigrants, you should go back to where you came from. We literally depend on immigrants to grow and harvest our food. And we have depended on immigrants for a long time. Immigrants in quotes, because we claimed land that wasn't ours and drew a border in bloodshed. So it's really fucked up that we criminalize immigrants. We tell them, yes, please come grow our food for shit wages, but just remember that you're illegal and we're going to kick you out. Okay, cool, thanks. It's bullshit, it's racist, it's oppressive. So how do we fix it? When there's a disease in your body and you go to the doctor, if you can afford to go to the doctor, and you tell them your symptoms... They'll try to alleviate some of the symptoms, sure, but their main goal is to cure the disease. Colonization is a symptom of imperialism, and imperialism is a symptom of capitalism. Capitalism is a global disease. When a capitalist nation is driven by the constant need for profits, you need to have resources to generate wealth. And resources are finite. So you need to appropriate and seize land and resources. That requires imperialism, which means exerting your political and economic control over other people and countries, whether by diplomacy, whatever the hell that is, or by a military force. And we know the U.S. loves It's military. There are over 700 billion reasons we know the U.S. loves its military. We carry a big stick, right? So, imperialism can look like colonization, it looks like border patrol, it looks like economic sanctions, it looks like meddling in foreign affairs. It looks like a bunch of different things, but all of these oppressive structures and policies and ideologies can be traced back to capitalism. I say all this to say that capitalism will always stand in the way of meaningful progress when it comes to things like the Land Back movement and decolonization and dismantling white supremacy and immigration reform because, as I said, capitalism requires taking land and resources, placing it under private ownership, restricting access for the benefit of the wealthy few, and keeping the majority divided. As long as we live under the global capitalist system we won't be able to build a a truly equitable society where everyone can live a comfortable life where we're not destroying the planet. The only effective way to alleviate the symptoms is to cure the disease. That's not to say we should just give up on the Land Back movement and decolonization. Those are important and necessary struggles. I'm just saying How long after we give land back, before the government and corporations are like, yeah, actually that land of yours is busting, so we're actually going to take it again. We have to dismantle capitalism and replace it with a system that prioritizes people over profit and ecosystems over empires. Yes, the capitalist empire is huge, but... Where there's power, there's always resistance. We have to stand in solidarity, organize, and mobilize with indigenous people, with farm workers, with all workers to make change. And we start locally and grow from there. Thinking locally is better for the environment, too. Um, the industrial agricultural food system that we have today is very much agricultural colonialism because it's all about dominating the land and exploiting the farmers so that a few people who don't even live on that land can profit. The current food system is not about coexisting with the land and land is different everywhere. Communities are different everywhere and those communities need to have a democratic say over how the land where they live is managed and the way it's managed needs to benefit everyone. I don't have all the answers myself, nor should I. The cool thing about more democratic public ownership is that the community figures out the answers together. Everyone in solidarity. Thanks for listening, and happy Indigenous Peoples Day, and happy National Farmers Day.